Yeshua's weeping. Dear brothers and sisters, I want to come here on here today to just share with you some things that God's been putting really on my heart today. And, and you know, I, I don't even know what's really going to come out of my mouth, but I just know that there's something in my heart. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but, um, you know, I was last week at a amazing youth camp where there was tons of youth and I just saw childlike faith in a way that I haven't before, like truly. And I'm not just, I'm not making that sound bigger than it is. Like I really saw childlike faith last week that astonished me. I remember one of the instances I preached a sermon to the youth. And after that, I just called up those who had a heart, the father put on my heart back issues. And there was one uh, uh, kid who came forward and amongst others, he looked at me and I saw him. And, and when I read in the Bible, how Paul perceived that there was a man who had faith to be made well. This is what I perceived in this young man. And I don't know how to explain that. Like, I don't know how to put my finger. I can't explain to you how I felt and how I knew that. But I looked at him and I could see it in his eyes. Like, like there was this faith, this childlike faith that was so strong. And and yes, I've been praying personally. I've been fasting for all of this. But when I came up to him, and he came up to me and I and I asked, can I pray for him? And I just laid my hands on him and he had issues in his back. He more than a year and a half of issues. And uh, as I just laid hands on him, I just knew, you know, I don't know how to explain that, but it's like I knew and I could I, I was I experienced the Holy Spirit. Just give me your hand quick. Thank you, Lord. I just laid hands on. I just waited. I didn't say anything. I didn't think anything. I was just waiting. And I was just waiting for God to do what he does best. Okay, I want you to just bend down, feel, move around. And you be honest. Huh? What do you mean? What's happening? I don't feel it anymore. What don't you feel? The pain in my back, it's gone. Come on, praise him. Come on. He loves you, man, so much. He feels completely new. And all of his friends are there, you know, the whole crowd of of, of kids are on the front, they're all around, and they're looking at all of this taking place. They're astonished too. I give him a hug. And the next day, one man comes to me who's who's kind of new, right? And he says to me, uh, you know, I was kind of still figuring out my faith. But after what I saw last night, it sealed the deal for me. And, you know, when I heard that, uh, afterwards, I pondered it more, how, how incredible that is, but how much that is needed. See, brothers, dear brothers and sisters, listen to me very carefully, please, because I am weeping inside and I'm trying to not weep too much on here tonight, today. But, but our children are being left behind because we are too busy being religious. 
we are too busy playing church. We're too busy doing all the things that makes us look busy instead of being busy with the kingdom of Yeshua, the living God. You see, Yeshua didn't just come to be a rabbi. He didn't just come to be a good teacher. He didn't just travel from synagogue to synagogue saying amazing revelations. He came to say to the captives free. He came as the Messiah of the world. He came in great power. See, there was power that followed his life. But we live sometimes as believers. We profess faith, but we reject the power. We have a, an appearance of godliness, rejecting the power behind it because we don't have childlike faith and we are very comfortable with doing all the stuff that makes us feel good about us doing something religious instead of actually doing the things that Christ called us to do. And our children are what I am worried about. They are the ones who are suffering for our decision to not live a life sacrificial to the gospel, but instead a life that is selfish to us, that makes us. Yes, it's comfortable. Yes, it's easier. Yes, it's 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 easy to just observe and not have to do anything. But see, God is saying no more of this. And he is look, man, like, listen to me, brothers and sisters, we have we have <laughs> we have a a porn addiction crisis and forget about the world for a moment. Like, forget about what they're doing for a moment. We're really good with looking at what they're doing and pointing the finger at them. Let's just look at what we're doing for a moment here. Our men and women, old and young, are in bondage, enchained to pornography left and right. The most religious of the religious, especially even they are addicted to pornography. They go home and after church and they go on the Internet and they look at things that are horrific and they make excuses for themselves about it. They that we say, oh, whatever, whatever. I went to church to ourselves or whatever. It's just this is my thing. It's a little different. It's not as bad as this or that. You see, brothers, sisters, sexual or immorality. I was speaking to a brother about this just a few days ago. Sexual immorality in the Bible is translated in the Greek. It comes from the word pornea, porn, pornography. That's what it is. And it says that these who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen to me now. If you are watching pornography and you are addicted to pornography and you and you will not inherit the kingdom of God, this is not what I'm saying. This is what the Bible says. This is what God says. This is not what PD is saying. And I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm saying this to make you repent of your sins, to turn away. Dear dads, dear old men, you who have children, do you understand that the moment that you do that, you have opened a door for Satan to come in and take your children captive? Do you understand that your children will follow in your footsteps of sin because you have opened up the doors to generational curses that you by that you being the leader of the house or the priest of the house or being in bondage by your decisions and sin, you allow the enemy a door to access to your children. And then when they enter that, Will you not stand before God and he will say it started with you and you never broke the curse?
I gave you access to salvation. I gave you access to freedom through Yeshua, but you never broke the curse in your family. And for that, your children and their children and their children were addicted. And you had, you knew me, but you never put your foot down. And so to you, I say, depart from me. I don't know you. Because you not only caused yourself to stumble, you caused many generations after you to stumble. Do you understand that this is not just about you? Do you understand that this is not just even about your children? Do you not understand that this is about the kingdom of God and salvation and freedom for multitudes more who will come to faith through your testimony if you were to be saved? You see, many of us, we think we're saved. We will be shocked when we come before him one day. <clears throat> we will come before him one day and we think because we went to church and we kept the Sabbath, and we went to all the feast days and we and we acted all pretty and holy on the outside. We thought that that's going to outweigh our bad deeds. Yeshua is going to say your lawlessness condemns you. You see, it's not about, oh, I did all this cool, these cool commandments to make me feel good and better about myself. And that makes me feel even good about pointing the finger at all these other people and other teachers and other uh, religious people. At the end of the day, your sin will condemn you before God. And if you you may not like hearing this from me, but I would rather tell you this now so that I don't have blood on my hands anymore. I come to you. Listen to me. I come to you as a man who has been who has been having the Lord weigh on his heart that you must repent of your sins. And if you do not repent of your sins, it will be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you. Because you had access to the revelation of the Messiah and they did not. You had access to understand the redeeming power of the cross and you proclaim with your mouth to believe in a resurrection. But then you live as if you were never resurrected. You said one thing, you did another, and that hypocrisy makes you more condemned than Sodom and Gomorrah, because at least Sodom and Gomorrah were condemned and they didn't act like hypocrites. At least they saw what was coming their way. At least they did not make excuses for what they were doing, putting it under the rug. We act righteous. See, brothers and sisters, God is coming to listen to me. He's coming to not the, the sinners and the tax collectors. He's coming to the religious world. See, Yeshua came for the sinners and the tax collectors and the sinners and the tax collectors inclined their ear. Now he's coming with judgment on the religious world. Listen to me, dear pastors. Listen to me, dear leaders. Listen to me, dear church goers. Listen to me, all who consider themselves believers. God is coming to invoke judgment upon the household of God first. There is a greater judgment approaching and you need to understand that no more excuses like let's no more because because at the end of the day, what has happened is we have become the, the and I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking no matter who you consider yourself to be, what movement denomination we have become a people who cannot be in unity with one another because we are too preoccupied with our own sins that we can do nothing but have a log in our eye and then we can can't even judge purely our brother anymore. You see, like the even just the the things I'm hearing of 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 disunities and accusations and false witnesses that are in religious circles and even amongst leaderships where they have 
inability to be in unity because of the jealousies, because of the selfish desires and conceitedness, because of the the desire to build something and compare to one another and be in competition with fellow believers and even brothers and sisters then on the on who are just congregants, they learn this from their leaders because the bondage and the leader and the the the, the comparison and, and all of that and the leaders that is now in the congregations because that is what happens. The congregants, they are the disciples of their leaders and they follow in the footstep of their leaders and those leaders will be judged more strictly and that judgment cannot come more swiftly because we are losing brothers and we are losing children. We are losing people to Satan's kingdom and not on my watch. Listen to me, not on my watch. I will not stand back and be quiet while you leaders and while you congregants, you act like this is all fine. Like if this is you, look, God has convicted me. If he is convicting you, repent of your sin. Repent of your comparisons, of your pointing of the fingers. I have done those things. I have repented of those things. I am. I have turned from those things. God, I was a hypocrite. I was a Pharisee. I was a man who was good at pointing the finger at others while having to love myself. I was all of that. But I ask you, see it in your own heart. Recognize it so that you may save the souls of others through the revelation of Yeshua who changes you first. But if you're not changed, if you don't allow him to change you, then no one around you will be changed through your testimony because you have no real testimony. God is coming and he is saying it is by your testimony that others will come to know me. But because you have hardened your heart against me and not allowed me to come to change you, you will have no testimony. I will remove your testimony from you because my presence is removed from you because you do not allow me because of your pride, because of your selfish, conceited desires. You do not allow me to come and change you. And because of that, you will not be changed. And because of that, you will either today change today. Turn your heart to me today. Come and repent of your sin and this and and let's have unity again. Let's work together. Let's have the power of God come down and bring a revival. But we will see no revival until until there is repentance. We will see we will not we will see the power of God go to the youth directly like I have seen last week and I continue to see greatly. Listen to me. I am seeing the power of God working greatly in the youth because he's after their hearts and he is lessening his power among those who are grown ups in the faith, quote unquote, those who consider themselves so highly and so mature. He is removing his power from there and he is going to to those who are, who are childlike and he is saying, I'm going after them and I am even the parents who are hard hearted. I will go past the parents and I will go to their children because the parents have not been the example. So I'm going to the child and I'm going to go after the heart of the child too, so that they may be saved. That's what Yeshua is saying is I've tried to use many parents and I'm not talking about all parents here. I'm not talking. But if, if the shoe fits, let it fit. Yeshua is saying, I have tried to reach you through you, but because of your lack of repentance, I am now in need to go to your children. I'm now in need to go and bypass you and and Yeshua desires to use us as parents to go to our children. But now he sees the need to bypass us. Man, I don't want to be the parent who he feels the need to bypass. I don't want to be the dad who wasn't there to be a leader. So Yeshua feels like he needs to now step in and just like 
do what I was supposed to be to my child. Like Yeshua is sending others now to step in and fill the void where we have failed. And, uh, and really, we don't want that. We shouldn't want that. We should be the one to be the instrument in God's hands. We should be the one who God's wisdom flows from. We should be the one who is without sin. But if we are in sin, if we are, if we stand condemned before him, yeah, you go to church, but you stand condemned before him. Your children are not going to see the fruits of the spirit. They will not see the Holy Spirit in the household and they will not understand who Yeshua even really is. How can they encounter him if you have not? How can they encounter him if you have not encountered him, if you have not been changed by him? So, dear brothers, sisters, listen to me. There is. I am heartbroken. I am truly heartbroken coming to you today because I don't I my prayer is, oh, God, save us. My prayer is, oh, God, come and do something because I don't know. I don't know. I am looking around me. I am looking and, and I'm not you, you. Many of you guys are so concerned with the things of the world. I'm concerned with the household of God because that is the. Those are the people that it starts with. And if we can't get it right in our household, like, like, why are we even thinking about politics? Why are we even thinking about what's happening in the schools? Why are we thinking about what's happening? Like, yes, we can. I'm not saying we can't, but I'm saying, like, get your household right first. As for me and my house first. Then you can go and think about other things. Some of you are so preoccupied with what's outside your house. You have no idea what's happening inside of it. Please, if this is you, if 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 the Holy Spirit right now is is touching you and and is convicting you, then please right now, I need you to get on your face. I need you to come with me and pray and ask for God to come and change us and change our households, because I fear I truly fear for the judgment of God. Do you fear God? Do you fear him for who he is? Father, I ask that you would come, Lord, and just with your Holy Spirit, come upon the church, upon Christianity, upon leaders, upon congregants, upon all Lord, Father, save us, Lord. Oh, we need you so much, Lord, we, we need your intervention. Lord, I pray that that in this repentance that's happening right now, that you would set us free. That you would set us free from addictions, that you would set us free from from pride, that you would set us free from conceit, gossips, disunities, divisions, hatreds, unforgiveness, all of the things that are so rampant. Father, set us free, O God, come and change us so that we can be a light to everyone around us. God, oh God, God, save us, save your people. Yeshua, it is like Israel all over again, where they they were dry. They were in rebellion. They were in need of a Messiah. And even when you came, oh Yeshua, they rejected you. Yeshua, I fear the same today that even when you're here, they reject you. And so I ask that, Lord, let us not be the ones who reject you. 
Let us not be the ones who say no, who turn away from you without even fully realizing what we're doing. Father, they don't know what they do, but please forgive them and turn them back to you. Father, I ask for you to come into your people. And Lord, I just pray, O oh Lord, for the Pharisaic, prideful, rebellious, religious spirit that is so rampant right now. I speak against that. I come against that in the name of Yeshua and I cast that down in the name of Yeshua. I cast that out of the people of God. Father, I thank you, Lord Yeshua, that your power is so strong to be able to open the eyes of the blind. And I pray that you would open the eyes of those who are blind spiritually to see their own works, to repent of their pride in the name of Yeshua. I pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.